Hi everyone, welcome back to Kindergarten Kept Simple. Today I am so excited to welcome a special guest with us today. We have Katie here with us and Katie is a kindergarten educator way down in Guelph, Ontario, my old stomping grounds. I went to university there and Katie and I have known each other for a few years. We've been working on and off together behind the scenes at A Playful Purpose and this will be her second year as a camp kinder presenter. But today, she's actually going to be talking to us about a slightly different topic. But before we reveal what it is, Katie, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Hi, my name's Katie Crichton. I use she, her pronouns. And as Mariah mentioned, I teach and live in Guelph, Ontario, which I just love. I also went to the University of Guelph there and just fell in love with how much nature there is. There's just so many parks around. I love that we can go outside with the kids and just really enjoy fresh air. And that for me, I can still get to Toronto or other kind of young city life things, but feel like safe in my little community. So I just love that. Um, I grew up going to summer camp every summer from when I was about nine until actually 21 and started working there. So it's been the summer at summer camp, overnight camp, outside in the sun, in the lake, in the woods. I just loved it. I always loved building campfires, roasting marshmallows. And I'm really fortunate that my parents still have a cottage in Perry Sound. So I get to enjoy summers in that camp atmosphere still, even as an adult. (laughs) Yes, we love that. I love anyone who has a cottage who is generous enough to keep inviting you back to it. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you want to talk about today, Katie? What's your burning topic inside you that you want to spread to the world? So a topic I feel really passionate about is leading effective meetings. Mm -hmm. My role, I'm a kindergarten division lead this year. And I get to, and the past couple of years, I've been a kindergarten division lead to get to lead effective meetings for other kindergarten educators. I've also sat in staff meetings that I feel maybe could have been run a little bit more better, <laughs> a little more direction involved. And that I know like after school, if you're sitting in a meeting, you want it to have a purpose. You want to know why you're there. You just don't want to sit and listen to someone talk for an hour and a half when you're thinking about all the other things in life that you have to do, whether that's Totally. Go for a walk because it's the one sunny day of the week after it's rained for two weeks straight. Or you're thinking (laughs) about an errand you have to do, go and pay your credit card bill off, just those things that your mind wanders to when you're sitting in a meeting that doesn't feel like it has the same purpose that you'd like to see. Totally. I think we can all relate to that. We've all been in those meetings where we're spending the entire time thinking this could have been an email. And so I think that learning how to run those more effectively, even if you're not the kinder lead, I'm sure you have to meet with your direct kinder team every once in a while. And you want to make sure that those are stimulating and on track and engaging and everyone feels like they're a good use of time so that it's not pulling teeth to get people to your team meeting. And then maybe one day you will be the division lead and you can use these tips to kind of help guide you be the best leader that you can be. There's really so many benefits to being seen as a leader and you yourself feeling like a leader within your school community. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to just jump right into my first kind of tips yeah, and let's tricks of it. do it. I want right. to know. <laughs> you want to know. People on the edge waiting. So firstly, I think it's really important to have an agenda and have co-construct that agenda with the people you're meeting with. You want to make sure that you have what topics you're meeting on. If there is a purpose, as Mariah said, if it's one thing that could be an email, send an email. Don't have everyone sit down after <laughs> school, after you wait for, you know, getting kids on buses, people making sure they've chatted with parents and you just feel like you're just waiting for this thing to happen before you get on to the next thing that you're doing in your day. So having an agenda so that you actually know what you're going to talk about and making sure that that's co-constructed with your fellow educators, that it's things that everyone wants to meet as a group to discuss, and that it's not just something that's super obvious, like, oh, the last day of school, like, 
you know, that's the last day of school. Like if it's something you're going to do <laughs> on the last day of school, that it's not totally. just information that could already be accessed and that people already know about, that it's something that you're actually working towards or planning on. So how far in advance would you suggest kind of reaching out to people with a proposed agenda or asking them what to put on the agenda and how much time to give them to kind of fill in what they want to fill in to that skeleton outline? Great question. I do like about a week before. So we kind of have like a standing, if you have a standing time, what works best for your team throughout the year that I feel like works best if people have to arrange childcare for like Tuesdays, like one Tuesday a month after school that you kind of know those dates in advance. Well, of course, being flexible that if it's a snowstorm or something and people need to get home that you would change that. But then about a week before the meeting, kind of looking at the calendar yourself as a lead or as just someone else who's on the committee and thinking, okay, like if we're meeting like March 1st, like what kind of things are going to be happening until our next meeting? If our next meeting is until April 1st, we want to make sure we cover groundwork or if it's more long-term things, like if you have a big spring field trip, not pushing that off saying, okay, we're going to do it at the March meeting, even though it's a field trip that might not happen until May, just so you can get the ball kind of rolling mm-hmm. on those things. So reaching out a week before, after you've looked at the calendar with a proposed agenda, and then give people a couple of days to kind of think about it, what they'd like to see. If there's too many items on the agenda and they'd rather break it down or things they don't see that we need to talk about just yet. And then so that you have a couple days after they've given their feedback to really think about how you're going to order it, what's going to make sense. If someone has to leave early, if they were to miss something, what would be the best thing for them to miss mm-hmm. in that? And who's relevant? Like if you're inviting planning time teachers or an administrator, what would be most relevant for them to see and what would work best for their schedule and the meeting for them to be there for? Yeah, that makes so much sense in terms of arranging the actual content so that you can dismiss people early when the end's not relevant to them because I know I've sat in meetings like that where maybe a question here and there is relevant but for the bulk of it you're like this doesn't apply to me so why am I here right now is there a limit that you feel like is kind of the max number of agenda items you would put in a meeting that's a great question I would say about five items because then you actually can come and chat about them be prepared about them And then any more than that, like depending, of course, like if you have six, I wouldn't say, oh, cut something (laughs) that seems important, but keeping it around that, like you'll have rich discussion about it. You'll be able to actually make decisions and move forward with it. But there is a few things to do. If it's just one thing to do, sometimes that feels like it could easily be like an in the moment planning thing rather than arranging everyone, depending how big your team is, especially to like sit down and meet about something. True. Love it. Okay. I don't know if you're going to talk about this later, but so how strict are you on your agenda? Oh, that's a good question. I would (laughs) say I'm not like super strict. I would say I'm like a little bit go with the flow, but I like to keep things moving along. And that like, I think it's also knowing your group, I would say that if I'm meeting with two other educators and it's more like just the teachers planning report cards and we're all okay with it being a little more flexible, we're talking about what we're putting on the report cards how we're wording things. And when someone talks about their after school plans, then it's like, okay, we're, if we're all happy to listen and chat about this, it's really nice to have that personal kind of like, I don't know, it's, I really like being friends with people at work. Yeah. But if you're meeting with like 10 people and you know, like someone has young kids, they have to be and someone has to go walk, walk their like new puppy after school and can't leave them for too long, then kind of being a little bit more strict about, okay, like, let's really stay on topic, we'll get here. And then anyone who wants to chat, of course, you could always chat afterwards by keeping it so that nobody feels like they're like wasting their time and being in a meeting that isn't really a meeting. It's more of a social gathering. 
Totally agree. And I think that's such a respectful thing you can do as a team lead and as anyone leading a meeting is just really recognizing and honoring the time that you have scheduled and not going way over. I think that can really cause a lot of icky feelings when you're sitting in a meeting that was supposed to end at 4.30 and now it's 4.45 and you're like, ugh, why am I still here? (laughs) Absolutely. And it's also like, what's going to work for people? Like if it's like, if some people want to sit down and go for coffee afterwards and like, oh, I want this to be a relaxed meeting, like a big PA day meetings we've had. And we're like, oh, like, let's order lunch. We'll all eat our lunch together and chat through the meeting. And it will be more of a social time that we can also say we don't have something like we need to get out the door for if it's like lunchtime meeting on a PA day when you have to be there all day anyways. But exactly. still being respectful that people probably have things they want to do in their classrooms and if they want to have other meetings, if they want to get things up on their bulletin boards, that just still being respectful of the time, but allowing for that to happen as well. Totally. All right. Tell us your next tip. Ooh, next tip. <laughs> I would say you have to, like, again, it's all about coming back, I think, to knowing who you're meeting with. That if you're meeting with, if your division is you and you're an experienced educator and everyone else is brand spanking new, they've just graduated or this is their first LTO, their first contract. I would say focus meetings to more being supportive about like what centers can we get up in your classroom? If it's getting to report card writing, let's look at your comments and sharing them. Check, be sure to check out some of the guides, like a playful purpose has a report card writing guide. <laughs> so hinting at that to your new teacher <laughs> colleagues would be a really good suggestion if they're feeling really overwhelmed about something like that. So it's if that's something that they need in the meeting, it might be more like that and things like planning field trips. If you want to do like class rotations or outdoor learning, that might be like, hey, in two months from now, I was thinking we go on this field trip. I'm happy to plan it all. That might be a huge relief for new teachers. And they might be like, great, I like don't have the capacity right now to plan a field trip and to fill out all the paperwork when an experienced educator can just do that in their planning time if they feel like they have that time. Someone who's struggling to be like, what do I even put on tables? How do I do small groups, whole groups, plan for differentiated instruction just in my planning time? Like They feel like they're spending all night doing that then your meetings are going to look a lot different than if it's a team of, well, we've all been teaching for 10, 15 years. We all feel like we're really passionate about our program. We want to take turns leading different things and then just equipping them in that, that, okay, like you could plan like a dance day. You could plan like a outside, like messy play day. Someone else could plan the field trip and you might share the leadership roles a little more than if it's all brand new teachers and that your meetings will then look different if it's okay well everyone feels fine with the report cards everyone feels fine with like we do this really fun messy play day and we're all we've done that for five years at our school and we love it the kids love it it's working then you might just talk about updating things rather than if you're like brand new you're like okay like this is what a morning meeting could look like this <laughs> is like this is something that could do because I feel like new teachers come in and you're stressed about things and you're like, oh, actually, like you can just teach the kids songs and that oral language and that community that you build, like that is like a accessible whole group activity and empowering them in that. Totally. So it all comes back to when you're leading a meeting, knowing who you're leading it for. I love that. And I love seeing your role as the kinder lead as not being this static position year after year and kind of seeing it as truly a position that's reflective of your team. So one year, maybe it's a more mentorship role, but maybe the next year, if you have the same people going through, then maybe you're more of a facilitator and you're listening to ideas a bit more and just being more flexible in your expectations as the lead and what your meetings are going to look like, what your relationship with everyone's going to look like, and just being flexible with that. I really, really like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like all coming back to like, knowing your audience, because that would be my number one complaint about staff meetings or PD that we've been 
like offered or like mandated for is that it's like a one size fits all. And you're like, oh, there's people in this room that actually have way more knowledge. Like if we're thinking about like implementing science of reading right now, like I'm like, oh, like one of our teachers was a speech language pathologist in past and she's been doing this for years and has so much valuable knowledge. And then some of us are brand new, but then it's the same PD for everyone, even though that might not be more effective. And that some of these teachers, like this teacher, for example, might actually have more knowledge than people facilitating the professional development or meetings. Totally. And that's pretty much exactly why we even started Camp Kinder, right? It's because we were tired of sitting through workshops that were just out of touch and completely irrelevant to what we were teaching. So it is pretty much exactly the same thing as these meetings. We want to just be making sure that we're giving people the information that they need when they need it in the best possible way to get it to them. Absolutely. And educators that are in the classroom, that's what I love about Camp Kinder. It's not someone who said, oh, when I was in kindergarten, it was <laughs> like a 20, like 20 years ago. And you're like, okay, like, hold up. Like we have like teaching partners now in, like, in <laughs> kindergarten. We have like 30 kids in these rooms. Mm-hmm. And we have needs that are not supported in ways that wasn't before. We have a play-based program. Like we need people who are doing this and who know that like, it can be pretty hectic in some of these classes. Totally. Like perfectly Pinterest- ready centers like they're going to be destroyed in five minutes (laughs) like really valuable to have camp kinder in that aspect so for anyone listening along if you're you know on the fence about coming to camp kinder i highly recommend same can't recommend it enough in fact (laughs) i think you have a one final tip for us right yes all right let's hear it all right so coming back to like in terms of meetings i would say like having a timer Mm. as Mariah said before like 4 30 if you're saying your meeting's going to 4 30 being really respective of that and I know sometimes it's awkward cutting people off and kind of being like oh like I don't want to come across as rude but I think like just knowing that people's time is valuable saying if we're going until 4 30 this is our time and then if the timer goes off at 4 30 and you didn't get through all the meeting maybe check in see where people are at if people want to stay for five more minutes to quickly chat about something or if there are things that you're like, okay, this can be an email. And that comes back to constructing your ed- agenda, being mindful about that, that there might be things that you don't get to. And that's okay, that it's okay, we didn't get to that. That can be pushed off rather than something that's like, oh, like, we're all, we all have like paperwork that needs to go in tomorrow. And that was the last thing we talked about. And it's now 4.30, people are rushing to get out of here. And they feel like they didn't get the answers to the questions that were most valuable. So having a timer, even like even like a kid's timer, you could make a little joke about it. If you have one of the visual timers, I'm like, oh, like, you know, just like our students, I want to you know, <laughs> keep us on track here. And hopefully your educators are on board with that. Yeah. And I think that if you start your meeting by telling everyone, we are going to do our best to stay on track, stay on time, because I want to get all of us out of here at 4.30. I know we all have busy lives. We have things going on. People are going to be a lot more receptive to it and and probably not mad, probably just understanding and relief. Of course, there's always those super chatty people in meetings. So that might be a little bit hard to manage. But overall, I think the majority of people do want to kind of get in, get out when it comes to meetings. So that should be well received. Absolutely. And I feel like people who are chattier, like we love that. We love to hear new ideas. It's also, I feel like if you go to me, I love like, oh, look, I'll be staying for like 10 minutes after and building that into your schedule too as a leader that okay I say 4 30 like I really don't need to be out of here until 4 45 that it's like okay you could come chat with me afterwards if you have anything more I do that on the carpet with my students too so it's kind of applying the same principles we do as valuable educators that I know I have some 
students who love to share and have really like amazing ideas and they're expressing their oral language in really incredible ways, but we can't sit on the carpet for 20, 25 <laughs> minutes, especially with some of our young, you know, JKs rolling around on the carpet. So giving them the option of like, if you're ready to go play and go to your centers, you can go now. If you have something else you'd like to share with me, I'm happy to listen. So applying that same principle in your meetings. I love that. And I think these are all such great tips for not only leading meetings, but like you said, apply them to your classroom, apply them to every kind of component of your life when you're involved with working with other people and just honoring their time. So I think it's great. I know that you are seen as a leader in your school. I know you've been recognized at board level for different things like your report card comments and stuff. So I think we're just lucky to have gotten these tips with you today and to spend this time with you. And if you want to learn even more from Katie, her session this summer at Camp Kinder, because I did mention she'll be back presenting with us again, is all about rocking your teacher appraisal. So depending on where you are, you might have a teacher evaluation coming up this year. I know it depends kind of board to board, province to province, but it's definitely something that in general can cause a lot of stress for people, but it doesn't need to. So Katie, why don't you give us a little like overview about your session before we say bye for the day today so people can look forward to that this summer. Yeah, so my my session will be kind of geared to the Ontario teacher performance appraisal while being really flexible and open to applying it to any other kind of evaluation. So in Ontario, they have competencies and I'll go through like a guideline of how to show your administrator you're achieving each competency in your classroom and where to look for it. So that when they're coming in, they're already thinking about, they don't have to think about, oh, what are they doing? You've given them the information. You've shown them that you know what you're doing. And I'll give people tools for that. I'll talk about what kind of lesson to plan for your performance appraisal so that it's not stressful. And just kind of cheer you on as you think about this, because these principles, they want you to succeed. They want to say, okay, check, I can keep the teachers I have. I don't have to do any interventions. I don't have to rehire. That's what they want to do when they come to this. They want to see that you're successful. They're not coming in thinking like, oh, I want to fail this person and have to hire someone new or go through all the paperwork of having to like really coach this person along. They want to coach you along, but they want to already see that you're successful and then work on your next step. So I want to really empower educators in my session that you're doing well and that you will have next steps but that's okay. And that's part of the process. Yeah. And I love that. I feel like this whole, I need to put on this big show and do a completely different thing than normal just for my teacher appraisal is so, it's so counterproductive because you want them to see who you actually are as an educator so that you do get that valuable and accurate feedback so that you can grow. And we want them to just get a realistic sense of who you are as a person, how you are in your classroom and, and honestly, what's going on in your classroom too, in terms of getting more support if needed. Exactly, exactly. That if they come in and that they see a behavior problem, that's actually okay. Like that's how we do get support. Great point there, Mariah, that it's not that you can't, you're not doing your job properly. It's that we have students with needs and sometimes administrators don't really realize what it is, what it looks like until they sit in the classroom and see how it plays out. Exactly. Well, I personally am super excited for that session. Can't wait. So thank you so much for joining us today, Katie. I hope everyone loved this session session, session as much as I did. If you want to find Katie, I'll link her Instagram in the show notes. She's KT and Kinder on Insta. And you can always connect with her more at Camp Kinder this summer. She's going to be on one of our Q&A panels about general Kinder kind of life. So you can definitely connect with her there or beforehand. And I'll link all of that for you. So thank you so much for being here today, Katie. 
and have a lovely rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. We will see you, hear you, chat with you next time on Kindergarten Kept Simple. Have a lovely rest of your day. Sparkle and shine.